Hello there and welcome back in to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam Hind. I'm your host and I am joined today by a very special guest. Today we're going to be joined by CEO of Naxum. Ben Dixon is going to be jumping on in to talk to us about all things referral marketing. I know one of the greatest challenges that we're experiencing in growing our businesses is how do we do appropriate reach outs? How do we reach cold audiences? How do we approach our warm audiences in a way that is going to grow our business and not feel cheesy, that's not going to leave people feeling uneasy, and most importantly, that actually gets us results? Ben and I had a really candid conversation and a lot of laughs along the way as well. Ben's experience goes back many years. His family found direct selling back in 2006. And fast forward to today, he uh, runs a software company that helps keep people systemized in their approach to their direct selling business, whether they're in party plan, network marketing, or can I say it, MLM. And we certainly talked about all of the stigma attached to this industry as well. I know that you're going to love this episode, but most importantly, I know how many gold nuggets Ben shared during this episode. So, so make sure you have your pen and paper handy because you'll regret it if you don't. So with no further ado, let's jump on in. Grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee, relax, sit back and enjoy my little chat with Ben Dixon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. You all know me, I'm Sam, but I am joined by a very handsome looking individual here, the amazing Ben Dixon, who is CEO of Naxum. Welcome on in, Ben. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me here today. Looking forward to jumping in on the show. Oh, such a pleasure. And what I'm really excited to chat to you about today is something that I think, um, you know, is such a relevant topic for our audience and that's referral marketing. Uh, This is your passion, your expertise. And so I'm really keen to kind of pull this one apart, maybe, you know, leave some of those magic golden nuggets for all of our listeners to, to sort of, you know, pull from and use in their business. But before we get into all of that, can you tell our audience a little bit about Ben Dixon. Well, I thank you so much for having me on, Sam. And referral marketing is totally a passion in my family's life. You know, I grew up in a small farm community outside of Chicago and watched my sister join a referral marketing company when she was just 23 years old. As a six-year-old kid, was uh, running my own landscaping company at a time and trucks and trailers and and employees, all all this stuff you work with at at a very young person and watched her have a ton of success just quickly in that space and said, if my sister can do that, I wonder what I can do. And so fell in love with the space. I got started on my 18th birthday and made zero dollars my first 10 months uh, in the space trying to reinvent the wheel instead of following the proven system Mm. and was, was just really grateful um, that I got humbled and had mentors and people who cared enough to teach me the way to do this business and was very blessed the next four years uh, as, a, as a rep in the space. And it changed our life forever. And I really fell in love with how referral marketing, direct sales, network marketing, MLM, when done correctly, can be a vehicle for families to take themselves to, the, to a different season in their life, mm-hmm. to take themselves to the next level instead of depending on anyone else in the world, how 
what an opportunity for them to change their future together. So I've been in love with the space for, gosh, 16 years now. So it goes fast. Awesome. And I love that you've got a history in the industry as well. And we're going to talk a bit about that. But how do you go from having that long history of actually being in the trenches and doing the work um, in network marketing or MLM, whatever people identify it as? I know it's very different around the globe. We've always got to be so careful with sure. that. But, you know, what motivated you? And you're, you're mo- you've moved into a different space now. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do now? Uh, we're going to talk a bit about Naxim and, and, and what that does. But, you know, what was that transition for you going out of you know, having your network marketing business and into what you're doing today. Yeah. So four years into being a a rep in this space, uh, a group of peers who are also reps in that company and I built a blogging system that we ended up selling to a company called Zango and a company called USANA. And we ended up moving out of being reps in this space to supporting the space as a whole. Yeah. Um, How um, the last 12 years I've served on the vendor side of the space. So not as a distributor in the field or as an owner or an equity holder of a direct sales company, but in running the platforms and software and the tools that their members use to build their businesses. Mm-hmm. And so what I found was that if you use, you don't have to use all the technology in the world, but by using some of the technology in the world, you can create a system that gives people confidence so that people who have never done this business before can look at, well, what is it going to take for me to be successful? Yep. And by having a system in place that's working, that someone can follow step by step to go win, uh, gives gives new people confidence to know that, oh, um, you know, if I follow these steps, I'll be successful. And it gives people confidence to refer others because they say, hey, my friend, you know, they'll be able to follow the steps just like I did. And yeah. and, and that that thought has has been a just a core tenet of everything I've done the last 12 years. We call them speed systems and and think about unpacking. What should it feel like to share at this company? How should we be presenting to others? What should we do to enroll people? How should we elevate and train them once they join the team? And and what can they do to duplicate the process? And you're right. There's a lot of different referral marketing companies in the space. Mm-hmm. Speed looks very different at, at companies all across the world. Uh, but it's been really fun uh, behind the scenes to serve in this capacity. Many times as a, a top earner in this space, it, it is all about you and your greatness and your story and, and how it affects others. And I didn't need the ego trip anymore, truthfully, and was just like done with that part and was ready to for the good part of of people who have never been able to do this board to make the, to make their first thousand bucks a month or their first two thousand bucks a month. And and that's the part that I've always loved. And so just look for more ways to make that happen for people. Yeah, so good. It actually brings up another little question for me, and I'm sure you'll be able to shed some light on this. You know, I know everyone's capable of being successful in this this industry um, or or in any business without all of this technology. Um, And, you know, I think there's always that question, do I really need more technology? Do I need uh, to be using these systems in order to be successful? And I think, you know, to me, the answer is no, but there is a really important place for systems in any business. Can you shed some light on, you know, where systems become important? Yeah, well, you think about the amount of time it's going to take someone to go earn their first income in this business. And if we take away all the systems and no tools and we go back to faxing and orders, like I had to do in the beginning, <laughs> no replicated website. I, there no was no fax checking. for me. It was hey. handwrite it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and I had to fill out a triplicate form. Fax yes. it in. So, <laughs> so if we go back to all of that, 
that's why it took 10 months to earn money in that company. And some people took two years or three years. Mm. And today, a lot of people, new people who join your teams expect to make some money in 30 days or 60 days. And so systems play a critical role in shortcutting the things they need to do to earn their first check. Now, are they going to earn a lot of money with just systems and not growing their own skills? Of course not. They need to grow their skills as a person, grow their abilities over time to be able to earn significant money in this space. But can you create, use tools and systems that feel like a top leader sitting next to someone suggesting what to do next? Like mm-hmm. many of the predictive tools that are available today that are just have only been around the last four years. You know, these types of systems are so elaborate today that people who have never done this business before can at least get their first check and start learning, oh, this is what it feels like mm-hmm. as they're growing their skills to yeah. get to the levels of their goals. Yeah. You know, so momentum is is a really important factor here, right? Yeah. And knowing they can do it and being able to give your field freedom to not be judging like, oh, is this the type of person who could make it the eight months it's going to take to be able to make your first check in this company? Like that's a big filter to force them to have. Mm. If they feel like, man, anybody can come here and if they follow these steps in the first 30 days, they make their first check. If, if it can get to that level of simplicity, it takes away a lot of the judgment of who yeah. should I invite? Mm-hmm. I, and the other thing that's important to that the systems question, do it yourself, that I think everyone needs to know is that not everybody's got the same goals in this space. Mm. You know, many times, if you're someone watching the Oxano podcast, you you probably, you know, you probably have bigger goals on watching Direct Selling Accelerator because you're here right now and you're listening to this and you're watching this. You're probably not someone who's just trying to make an extra $100 a month, right? You're probably someone who wants to make thousands of dollars a month. So you got to remember, not everyone has the same goals. And if we can have a whole bunch of people even just make $100 a month, that's a big deal. There's a lot of people who deliver packages for for Uber Eats here in America or DoorDash or or drive people around on Uber one day a week just to make that (laughs) extra one, 200 bucks. And we can fulfill that as well. Yeah, awesome. So talking about uh, systemizing things, what do you think are the most important things in this business to be uh, systemizing? It's, you think of your your daily method of activities. I think everything's about daily habits. So a, a real commitment to how many brand new people am I going to reach out to every day, no mm-hmm. matter what? Yep. How many people am I going to follow up with every day, no matter what? Set minimums. They don't have to be your top, but set the minimum of like what mm-hmm. you're going to do. Like None of us would go a day without having at least one meal, right? We all eat food <laughs> every day. Um, would you go a day without drinking water? Uh, no, we we drink water, so our, our bodies uh, make it through the day. Same thing in your business. If your business is going to be alive, it needs new new conversations and then continued conversations, follow up, and then grow in your mind. You know, this is this business is a new venture mm-hmm. for people. You can't use your same thoughts and your same thinking and your same levels of action to create something new. That's that's insanity. That's not going to happen. That would be like that that, <laughs> that would be like the idea of saying. Okay, I'm going to learn how to fly a helicopter, um, and, and I'm going to be a helicopter pilot. But I'm not going to take any lessons, and I'm not going to change my habits. I'm going to go about my same habits all day long. And we have a child a like this right pilot. now, Ben. I... <laughs> all right, sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They think I will be. Yeah, yeah. Like your family with the jet skiing, right? I will be a family. You know, I will be a, a family. I'm going to be the absolute best skier in the world. Well, it's going to take some practice, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to, if you want to learn those moves, you're going to have to do the work. And so the the part that I find so critical is there needs to be a commitment to daily learning. 
Mm. And set a time. If it's only 15 minutes right now, it's 15 minutes. But you need to be growing your mind every day, 15 minutes. So new conversations, follow-up conversations, daily growing your mind. And then social media. Sam talks about that a lot here on this podcast. And sharing in social media is one of the easiest ways to have a pipeline of curiosity and qualified people who actually need your product and service wanting to find out more about you. And we'll get to talk about that more. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit now about how your software Naxum helps direct sellers with this. And then I want to pick your brain about a few of these areas that we've started to, we've got a few cans over here with some worms in them that we started to open. So we'll get there. (laughs) Sure. Well, so Naxum started as a marketing systems provider way back in 1999. Mm -hmm. And when I met the team in 2010, that's what they were doing, building landing pages, CRM, sales tools to to help people sell. In 2013, we moved into traditional direct selling software, the the Mm -hmm. commission tracking, the shopping carts. And what was really unique is most people who run their own direct sales business um, are in this really challenging place where if you don't have a uh, CTO and four or five programmers, you're trying to bundle together four or five different services to run your entire company. Some of you who are sellers watching this show say, oh yeah, that's why we have to log into three different apps or two different places. It's because your your company you're promoting is trying to trying to pick and, and grab four or five different things and piece them all together piecemeal. And what Naxum's big advantage was in, way back in 2013 was we built a platform called Unify, where a single system that all the marketing tools and the commission tracking that people needed. And that's evolved over the years. Um, you know, you know, companies today want to provide sales tools that actually work. They, so it's, yeah. it's not just enough to have a compliant selling system to protect the company and have compliance right with the content, but the content has to actually work in the marketplace when you use it as, yeah. as the, the people out there sharing. If you don't get results, you're just going to go say whatever you want to say to go get results. And companies don't want that. They want you to share a compliant message that actually works in the marketplace. Yeah. And so a lot of the work we do today is creating platforms that feel like a top leader sitting next to you, suggesting what to do next. And we're tracking. We're tracking what you're mm-hmm. willing to do, what you're not willing to do out of what you actually do as the person, what is actually getting sales. So yeah. we can double down on the things right now that are working in social media mm-hmm. and in text messaging and online marketing and person-to-person marketing and mm-hmm. do more of what's working and less of what's not because it changes, Sam, and it changes all the time. We saw this with COVID. I mean, during the co- time of COVID, you mentioned the so C word. Much change. <laughs> oh, the C word. We're going to get banned on YouTube. No, no, no. That's good. So the, the C word I'm teasing, we're not going to say anything about the C word except that it changed business forever, right? It changed markets forever. And so when COVID happened, you saw that the companies that were willing to adjust to like, well, how are people mm. communicating? Where, how are we having conversations today? Yeah. They did phenomenally well. And others who just, didn't quite know or didn't weren't willing to try enough things mm. and they do well. Many went out of business. And so in referral marketing, that part's really special. And I'll, I will say more than anything, it's what, what we love to do more than just tracking commissions and paying out commissions and shipping products is, is providing a, a system that when people see it, they say, oh, I understand what I need to do. Yeah. So they, so they have a path to win, that they have the confidence that they can do this. Yep. Awesome. Now I'm going to ask you a really hairy question here, Ben. Okay. <laughs> I want to know. You know, you've you've got a, a background, and and I've I've got my answers to this as well. So I'm not going to leave you hanging. But you've got a background in this industry. I've got a background in this industry. We've watched this industry change over the years. I want to know what do you think is the best and the worst thing about this industry right now? 
Oh well, the the worst. I'm gonna start with the worst, then I'll go back. Go right on so in there. Yeah. I'm gonna go right into the worst. The, the the worst is just the deceit. It's it's people thinking that in order to win in this space, you need to lie or or convince or coerce people to come join your opportunity, mm-hmm. and think the the fake it till you make it thing. Like mm-hmm. I I can't. I can't, I can't imagine fake it till you make it, that whole idea. Uh, and, and the truth is today, because of Airbnb and, and Toro, like if you want to rent a mansion for a day and you want to rent three Lamborghinis, you can do it on an app on your phone in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go make a video and show everyone this rented mansion and the rented sports cars. And you can look like King Kong for your social media. And... And what a joke. And and so the, the, the key is that we there's this kind of older mindset of stuff accumulation that was mm-hmm. in the 90s and the 80s where young people today want experience accumulation, right? Yeah. And 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 so both can be idols in people's lives. But what you what you find out um and the, the of the dark side of the space is just people hopping from thing to thing and faking some sort of accomplishment or lifestyle to look good. That's just not it. And it's it's super cheesy, gang, at the end of the day. The the other dark side of the space is is the the lying of kind of the, the MBA club. So we we there's some people who think the space once you've well, they'll make it in one company and we'll look for deals, they'll look for subcontracts. Mm-hmm. That's the dirtiest part of the yeah. space. So instead of actually earning their money in the compensation plan in the for all marketing company, they'll require will request a minimum of the company they're working from. And if companies disclose that and mm-hmm. said that out loud, oh yeah, we're we're giving this person a loan or a bridge loan or we're paying them a salary as they transition their team over here, mm-hmm. then hey, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. But it just does, it's never right uh, if they don't disclose it. And people think, oh, why did that person get to the top of the comp plan so fast uh, when the rest of us didn't? So those are all the dark sides. And and that was truthfully what disgruntled me as a as a rep. Mm-hmm. There was a season where people were showing income that was years old, and I I didn't yeah. like that. I couldn't yeah. couldn't stay in that space, and wanted people to be more authentic. And so, what's the best part? We just we just like all mucky and muddy. <laughs> yeah, like right, there's a lot of people wipe, right now thinking, wipe, <laughs> wipe our wipe our arms off. What is Ben talking about? That's the mucky stuff. And the truth is, gang, you could go to any industry. We could go to mortgages in America, yeah. and there's really good people who sell mortgages, and there's mucky people who do mortgages. We could talk about real estate agents. There is like very crooked, illegal, horrible <laughs> real estate agents in America that we could make fun of for hours on this show. Not in Australia. And There's no, no crooked no. real estate agents no. in Australia. <laughs> no illicit real estate dealings in Australia <laughs> at all. Yeah. But, but, and then there's really, really good real estate agents who are wonderful people. And so, so what I just shared comes down to not just the reps, but the owners. You have to remember that. If the owners of the business are similar, like a mucky real estate agent, there's going to be mucky policies and mucky things that happen. But there's also really, really good people in this space. There's amazing individuals in the space who didn't need to open a referral marketing and direct sales mm. companies, who are already extremely wealthy mm. and who chose this vehicle because they saw it as a vehicle that empowers people. Mm. I mean, think about opening a restaurant in America. Gosh, you'd spend $100,000 on your lease just for the three years of, of your summit in a tiny little spot, you could be opening a bubble tea space and you're going to spend $100,000. Then you're going to pay for a commercial kitchen and your inspections. You're going to be in this thing for like one fifty by the time you want to open up. This is to sell like bubble tea, okay? Not even 
We're not talking about a steakhouse here, everybody. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to sit there and hope that people physically come to your restaurant and order enough $7 bubble teas for you to be able to pay for that rent. And I got to tell you, gang, that's a lot of risk for a regular family to take mm. to like hope they can get to the next level in their life through business ownership and all the leverage that comes with owning a business and leveraged income. Mm. And then here's direct sales and, and network marketing and party plan and referral marketing and social referral, all the little flavors of referral marketing. Mm. And in many of these flavors for under a thousand dollars. Okay. We're talking like two hotel stays, two hotel nights. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anywhere in the world. Hey, that same amount of money, what you would do for like a weekend getaway with your spouse, mm-hmm. you can start a business that has the potential of making way more than a bubble tea stand. Yeah. And, and so that's the part that's magical and the part that's fun and love it. You know, after my six years in space, I get to speak at conventions all over the world uh, for our clients using our platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm headed to Las Vegas again next week to speak at an event. And I love people, they come up afterwards and they say, oh my gosh, that yeah. thing you shared. I know someone in my life who thought they couldn't do this business. They're kind of stuck right now. And now that you guys have done that, oh my gosh, they're going to be so happy that they can do this now. And that's why I do this. Like, I love that. It's like awesome. Someone was feeding themselves excuses to why Mm. they couldn't make it in referral marketing. And now that we gave them this tool, this path, this widget, they say, oh my gosh, that fixed it for me. And it's like, really? Just a little bit of code fixed it for you? And it's like, you sure did. And (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's amazing. it's amazing the excuses people do make and just and just what they need to look I, I love what you've said there Ben and I said I wasn't gonna leave you hanging so I, I just really because the my thing that I dislike about this industry is actually leads into the next question I want to ask you but mm. you know I, I actually had an incident last week where I invited somebody who many years ago I attended a conference with them um uh, when I first went into business, this is somebody who specializes in training consultants and solopreneurs. And, you know, they've written lots of books. They're someone I really respected. And I thought, I'd love to get this person on the podcast to, to speak to our audience about some of these amazing skills that they imparted on me all those years ago. This person sure. still trains. Um, and I was blown away when I got the response from this person. Now, I I would have it to read to you because, but I want to actually save this one for for a full on episode where we're going to talk about pyramid selling. Like I'm just going to totally call it out off the back of this. But this person came back to me and said, "I've been to your website, and essentially he said uh, you can do so much better than this." He said, "I'm not going. I'm I'm not interested in speaking to your people. I'm not interested in in having anything to do with this industry and helping people with these businesses because of the experience he believed to be true." which taps into what you were just talking about. Mm. And it frustrated me so much because, you know, you know why you do what you do, but sometimes it doesn't really hit home as, you know, you you, you yeah. know it, but you don't feel it. And it was in that moment that I just went, I am so passionate about the fact that this industry gets some people out of bed in the morning. There are some sure. people that felt stuck. There are people that didn't have purpose. There are, you know, specifically, I'm going to speak into the mums right now because I can resonate with those people, but the mums who felt like they didn't have a purpose, that felt like the only thing that defined them was their kids. And suddenly they've got something that gives them connection to other humans that understand them, other, you know, other people that can help build them up, things that they can learn. As we know, this industry is so much about learning. You spoke about training and growing your mind. And I just realized that although this is a business, it's so much more than that. 
And the fact that we get to support people and in some cases it's the thing that gets them out of bed and gives them meaning yeah. and purpose. The money yeah. to the side. And I just I just wanted to, you know, I thought, oh, Greg's got this philosophy, never argue with a fruit loop. And that was uh, that was what I had to remind myself with this case. I was like, I so yeah. want to, I, I just want to come back to this person and just fully argue this point. But I had to let it go because I knew I could tell this person had such a a bad experience with the industry that yeah. no amount of arguing was going to change that. Yeah, and I always try to bring it back to there. There's bad apples in every industry, and if we if we said we're going to just write off mortgages because there's bad apples in the mortgage industry. Like, how are you going to finance your real estate portfolio? Like, <laughs> go meet a good one. And, yeah. and there's just, it, it's a, it, it is sad and a shame that some people think we're, it's all the same because it's not. Mm. And even the, even the word MLM, right? It's, and the brand of the word MLM is in the mm. garbage right now. Mm. The, you'll notice every company says, well, we're affiliate marketing, we're influencer yeah. marketing. And they're moving away from that, that thought of pyramid selling. And it's a good thing. It's healthy. It's the right thing. It wasn't meant to become what it became. Mm. And, and now we're feeling that and saying that, oh, maybe the way that was sold mm, isn't mm. how it should have been sold. Mm. And I believe in multiple levels of compensation and leverage, but it's like, well, are we rewarding the people who are doing the real work more than we're rewarding the people above? And what kind of gotchas do we have? You see some mm. of the weighted plans where, you know, the vast 80 plus percent of the income is going to just a few people when the ratios are millions and that's what feels evil and and that's what agencies have stepped in and everything else uh, because of that and so yeah i'll share with you and on the data side on at naxim i mean we build comp plans all the time and over half of the comp plans we're requested to build in the last two years mm. are two level affiliate programs simply because there's a lot of new people entering the space that say I want the majority of the income to go to the person who did the work that made the sale. Mm -hmm. And sure, let's give an override to the person that helped train them and worked with them. Um, but that's all we really want in our program. And okay, that's their philosophy. It's not to say that I have other clients who pay off on limited levels of depth with binary compensation. Mm -hmm. And they're totally fine and doing it in legitimate ways. But it's um, it really comes down to um, are we are we compensating people for the value they're bringing to the table? Yeah. Um, properly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that brings me um then to uh, the 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 thing that I don't love about the industry and that is exactly what has caused these problems in the first place which is that stigma that this industry is attached to. I said to you earlier in this episode, oh, I got to be careful sometimes using the word MLM. That's why I'll always say direct sure. selling, network marketing, MLM, party plan yeah. because the thing is that you know, we've worked with some companies before who are direct selling MLM network marketing companies and they'll say, don't ever use the word MLM in, yep. you know, in any training that you do with our field because we don't want to be attached to that. And the reason for this is because of the small few people yep. who make their approaches. And this is where we're going to talk a little bit about the the right way to approach people, but they approach sure. people with a hidden agenda rather than making it about genuinely showing up where people need them to show up. And I've got so, so many examples of this where I've, one particular person at the end of every month, and I use her for all my training. I don't I don't name and shame, but I, I use her content for all of our training for the what not to do. And I rely on her messages every month because it's just so <laughs> perfect. But I got, I got one on, what was it, Sunday, which it was 31st? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and her message, like I, I, w- I could have just set a clock by it. It was the end of the month and knew it was going to come and, and here it was. And it was, you know, that, hey, Sam, um, you know, just checking in to see if I can help you with your skincare needs this month. You know, we've got a special and, and here's this and here's this and here's this and here's this. And it was, a, you know, an essay. Um, and uh, what was really interesting was I deliberately tested her out a few days earlier she doesn't know I did this, but I sent her a message just touching base with her and asking her a question just a couple of days before. And not only did she not respond to it, but when she wrote me her essay, I responded back and said, did you see my message above? And I gave her the little pointy finger. She wrote back and went, oh no, let me go back and look. And I thought, this is the thing that gives this industry a bad name because people are more interested in, and not everyone, but some people are just so interested in what they need. They don't, care about everyone's a number everyone's a number and and this is the thing I want to talk to you about today because this drives yeah. me nuts because it's so easy yeah. to fix so Ben you've got a system in place that helps people do these reach outs but can you yeah. speak into some of the do's and don'ts perhaps of doing those particularly that I mean this is a warm reach out in this case but sure. let's talk first of all about the cold reach outs because you made mention at the start of today that we should uh, be doing those cold reach outs every day. So how do we do this appropriately? Yeah, it's yeah, a great question. And there's, I actually teach even my own salespeople that there is no such thing as a cold reach out today in the sense that it's so easy to yeah. go look at someone's profile and take 30 seconds, yeah. whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, wherever you are, take 30 seconds to find a way to be relevant. Yeah. It's, you're just being lazy. If you're picking up the phone and saying, <laughs> is this John Johnson? Oh, good. Well, do I have an offer for you today? Like you, you didn't, yeah. you need to be able to authentically say, I was online today and read this about you and said, oh my gosh, we should connect. If you can't say that in a conversation, don't dial. Mm. So, so you kind of hear that for a second. Like it, it is purely authentic on a cold call to Google the person to go to their LinkedIn, to go to their Facebook. I'm not talking about taking a half an hour, you introverts that want to take a half an hour. I love introverts. Introverts change the world. You're amazing. But some of you have that personality where you're like so afraid of picking up. You're like, at least I'm running my business today. I spent a half an hour researching two people. (laughs) And it's like, no, 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 no. Set a timer. Okay, 30 seconds. Maybe you need 60 in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Say a minute. Go read their profile Mm -hmm. and find something you can authentically say I saw you were into this and thought we should connect. If yep. you can't do that, you, you're just being really lazy, gang, on the on the number side. So then, the the first is just a belief system. Okay, there's a, a three step process I I've taught for almost 15 years that's still really relevant today. And it's a simple belief system that all the people you'd require to earn a massive uh, six figure income in a referral market, they already exist. Those people already exist. You don't have to convince or coerce them or create them out of thin air. The people who want your product and service, whatever it is, right, already exist. And if only they knew you existed, would would be your customer and you would achieve. Oh, it. So, so that's, my point. That's, yeah. that's my belief. Yeah. Is that like all the people I already require, they already exist. So I don't need to be an, an arse about this. I can I can go. I'm filtering. I'm not convincing or coercing. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about. Who are those people? Where are they hanging out? What are they already doing? And I'm getting there. And and if you're disconnected from this gang, there's a simple three-question exercise I'll walk us through today uh, in just three minutes that will walk you through how to do this. And it's three questions. So you could write down what motivates people. 
this idea of pain or pleasure. What motivates people to be the kind of person that if they knew you existed, would buy from you today? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's probably going to be a pain, not a pleasure, right? Because they, they, they're someone who's going to buy from you today. So it's a big deal to them in their life. Mm-hmm. So, so then you ask the next question is, what pains, right, do people who want to X, right, what experience? So let's pick weight loss as an example, because mm-hmm. there's lots of weight loss uh, companies in the referral marketing space. Mm-hmm. But what pains do people who want to lose weight experience? So Sam, we can think about this, right? They have low energy. They don't feel sexy to their spouse anymore. They're exhausted. Uh, maybe they want to do sports with their kids and they don't feel like they can keep up. Their doctor told them so, right? What These are the pains people experience. So now here's the question that has some assumptions in it, that as soon as you get this, and you might not get this watching the accelerator today, you might get it tomorrow when you're on your way to something else and it'll hit you in the head and say, oh my gosh, that's what it was. But but listen to this third one, because this is what's going to really help you. Okay? What do people who have these pains, so referring to the pains we just talked about, low energy, mm-hmm. not feeling appealing anymore, who, so what do people who have these pains already do to solve them? Yeah, that's such a again. powerful question. Yeah. Yeah, think about it. So what did the people who have these pains already do to solve them? Because because here's the key. There's an assumption about all the people on this planet, the billions of people and the trillions of dollars on this planet. Many of us live in so much scarcity. We think, I'm only trying to make you know the, these small goals. You know, I just want to make 100,000 US a year. It's like, well, you could have a lot more if you just created more value. But <laughs> so, so think about what they already do to solve it. Mm. So it assumes there's two kinds of people. One is the person I call the couch potato. The couch potato says, hey, I know I have this problem, right? My doctor tells me I need to lose weight. I know I have this problem. I don't have enough energy to play sports with the kids. I know I have this problem, but it's not my fault. And there's nothing mm-hmm. I can do to solve it. I use the words couch potato to explain this person because it's it's their belief system. Okay, yeah. I'm not physically, I'm not shaming them or fat shaming. I'm not doing any of that. I'm saying in their mind, it's not their fault. There's nothing they can do to solve it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a second person in the world who I call the sprinter. And they're the person who says, I know I have this problem, just like the couch potato, and I own it. And Mm -hmm. by God, I'm doing X to solve it. Mm -hmm. And that X, gang, that is the secret sauce to all of this. Mm -hmm. When you write down those three questions, that X is what they're already doing to solve it. These are people already taking action in their life, already decided with the belief system, hey, I know I have this challenge, but I'm gonna not going to stay here. I'm moving to the next season of life. I'm going to get better. I'm going forward. I'm taking action in my life. And Weight loss, like just to go back to our example, mm-hmm. diet and exercise, folks. Diet and exercise. So what are you putting in your mouth? What are, what's leaving your body, right? And so you just start right now and diet and exercise. So a couple top diets, a couple different exercise programs that people are about. And here's the beauty of social media. People are putting themselves in groups. People are mm-hmm. liking pan pages. People yeah. are following people on Instagram. They're following hashtags. They're doing all these things to self-identify as that person. Yeah. The couch potatoes aren't doing it. They're doing nothing. But the sprinters are doing it. And so whether if you have time, you trade your time for going and making friends with those people in those groups and doing it properly by actually taking a moment to read their profile and saying something genuine and swapping phone numbers. Okay, that's time. And some of you don't have time. You have money. And so then you advertise to those groups of people. And so whether you have time or money, doesn't matter who you are. You're either trading time Mm -hmm. for leads or money for leads. Whoever you are in this world, as you're doing it, people are already putting themselves in little pools, little pools for you to fish in who yes. actually need what you have. And so, so like, I want to, yes, you go to your warm market, 
in referral marketing. We talk about this stuff when you flip from cold to warm, but you don't go to your whole warm market. Like you got to hear that for a second. We go to our warm market, but we don't go to the whole warm market. It's not because we're afraid. It's because the whole warm market doesn't need our products and services. Mm. Like Like my wife, I think, Sam, you've seen a picture of my wife and my kids, right? I showed you a picture of my family. My wife is gorgeous. Kehlani is, was Miss Olocos Norte, and she is beautiful. So you're all going to start looking at my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been together. Yeah, we've been together 15 plus years. I love, love, love. Kay is gorgeous. We had the uh, top income earner from my very famous skincare company that everyone on this line would know um, is uh, one of my neighbors here in Chicagoland. He owns mm-hmm. a bunch of acreage straight up from my acreage. And had us over for lunch and his wife was trying to sample her skincare with my wife. And she said she was starting to get the bottle and she goes, but you don't need this. And so I share that to say that everyone in your warm market is not your customer. Mm. If If you sell skincare and there's someone who already has gorgeous skin and it's whatever they're doing is working out for them, they're not your customer. Right. Yeah. Just as much if you have a weight loss product and there's someone in your life who's anorexic, you're not going to sell them the weight loss product like this. So just as an extreme example, I don't mm. to shame anything. But it's that same thought that it's healthy for you to use the three questions. What motivates people? What are people who have these pains already doing to solve them? Hey, what mm-hmm. do people and and use those questions, not just in cold market prospecting, but in warm market as well. Yeah. It's, it's just smart. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah. I love that. And I love the, those three questions. I'm sure everyone's just been like frantically writing those down because um, that's that's awesome. And I think we spoke about this recently because we we had two questions that we use, which is is so similar. And that's the what keeps them up at night and what gets them up in the morning. But it's still that mm-hmm. same concept of meeting them where they're at, not where you want them to be. Yeah. Because uh, you, you can exactly. talk to someone until you're blue in the face about what you think they need, but until they believe it, until they feel it, um, you, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, yeah, it's such a good thought, Sam, because you, you, know, you ask, why do, why do internet marketers, like zoom out from referral marketing a little bit, mm. why do internet marketers in the world start their funnels with a $1 offer? You guys ever wondered that? You watch a video online and it says, for only $1, you get all this stuff. Stuff. Do you know why <laughs> they do that? It's because they want to know, are you the kind of person that's even willing to spend a dollar on yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's a good point for that first. Mm. And so, so what's so beautiful, about what you just said is like, we want people who already have the belief system that they deserve change in their life, that they mm. deserve to solve whatever it is, the challenge that your product solves. Yeah. So if you think about the challenges and pains your product solves, who are the people who are already spending money solving mm. them? Yep. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Now, I, I do want to talk about the warm for a moment. And when I say the warm, sure. I'm talking about past customers, people that you've already had, mm. you know, a relationship or connection with. So let's use our friend over here as an example for a moment, because I know that one of the things that that a lot of people really struggle with is, okay, so I get a customer you know, I sell to them once or I sign them up or let's just say maybe they can't, we, then maybe they're not a customer yet. Maybe they asked us some questions, but they never actually came across the line. So we've got that now warm yeah. connection with them. We've had a conversation of some sort. The next step is the bit that I think a lot of people get stuck with because mm. they they want to do those reach outs. They want to stay in contact, 
But the way that they do it, I think, can be really difficult. And one of the things I notice is that it's the people that feel like they're being cheesy are the ones that usually are. They feel uncomfortable with the way that they're doing it. They don't really have another way and it's actually leading them to dislike their business because, you know, it's not working because it's not genuine. So, um, you know, we've got some methods that we use to help people with this process, but I'd love to know, you know, because I know that this is a big part of your yeah. platform and your training, how do you train people or recommend that people make those connections in a way that is appropriate and actually works? So there's, there's a great question. Some are solved by human relationships and some are solved by technology. So there's mm. there's a bit of both in here in the camps. It's not one or the other. Yep. Okay. So, so like one of the keys I always say is that I use a CRM. Mm. And CRM is a customer relationship management platform. I, I use one on my phone. I use one on my computer. I take notes. Okay. My memory is not perfect. I'm so you're not a super salesperson. Like, what are you trying to experience? And they say, Oh, I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay. All right. Got it. And so I write it down. All right. This is my little black book. <laughs> ah. So I'm all over tech. I get that. I understand that. And I use my contact system. But every lead I ever get, every conversation I have with anybody, yeah, okay. So you- grant, I'm a Grant Cardone 10Xer guy, yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. I love it. So good. Yeah. Um, but everyone's in a tab and, mm. uh, you know, and, and each and every one of them I jot down and I just keep this in my handbag. And so, yeah, I, I will write down, you know, what their kids' names were and what the birthday was and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be tech. But that being said, tech's always with you. So that does make life a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, my iPhone contacts and synced to my technology is incredibly robust. And and it doesn't have to be, but you have to care enough to ask. Yeah. And then it's as simple as setting a reminder, gang. Like, if your friend says, I want to lose 15 pounds by my daughter's wedding, and the daughter's getting married in six months, you kind of do the math and say, okay, that's 15 pounds in six months. Like, okay doable but so what might you do to be the good friend as sam's talking about Mm. well you might send and here's what's different some of your direct selling companies bring a lot of this tech to you and do a lot of this work for you they provide recipe guides yeah they provide guides on calorie trackers and apps on your phone to track and then (laughs) over here some don't some direct sales companies are like here's the vitamins Good luck. And they don't provide any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you get creative by taking a little bit of time and thinking about how you can help those people. Mm. It may be that you download a couple different PDFs for free from some of your favorite paleo cooks and your favorite yeah. how to juice at home guides and your favorite other ones. Maybe you go ahead and get an article about the power of drinking water and you send your friend an Amazon link for the gallon with the timer. Have you seen this thing? No. Life-changing, Sam. So you saw my glorious, nice little cup as I was on your cast. But the truth is I drink out of this honker every day. So there's a little timer on it. 7 a.m. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. What a good idea. So if you're going through a gallon a day, which gets your Mm -hmm. metabolism going like crazy, you use a timer. But I share this with you is that you have to care enough to send something relevant. That's not always, hey, are you ready to reorder? Because if all of your messages are always, hey, are you ready to reorder? You're missing the boat in the relationship. And so blog articles you can share from the company if they have them, wonderful. Recipe guides if they're from the company, wonderful. Uh, Calorie trackers and cool apps from the company if you have them, wonderful. Mm -hmm. What if you don't? 
Okay, because I know there's a lot of people here on this line who don't. And if you're if you're a corporate person on this line watching, we like we give technology. They're building your own technology is always better than them going outside of of you to use a MyFitnessPal mm-hmm. or a Noom or mm-hmm. something else. But there's other things that are not a part of your direct selling company that you can use that help your friend's life to get the goal. Yeah. So taking the notes of what they really want to achieve in their life and then just taking a moment to be creative and saying, what what should I send them in two weeks? What should I send them in a month? What should I send them in six weeks that would support them in achieving their goal for mm-hmm. the rest of my How would I be a good friend? And yeah. literally in this space, you get paid for being a good friend. Like an authentic I, I love friend. that concept. And mm-hmm. and and this is, you know, I, I heard someone a little while ago um, on this podcast, she said, I'm just a professional friend maker. That's just what I do. And I was like, I'm totally sealing that. She said, you go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I thought, what a great concept is the whole uh, that just what you said there, you know, how do I be a good friend? Because you're getting paid to be a good friend. And it's it's not about being not genuine. It's not about coming in with that hidden agenda. It's about, sure. and one of the things that, you know, really hit me a few weeks ago is that when you go in with that intention of being a good friend and not actually planning on what you're going to get out of it, sometimes you get really surprised at what you get. And that might be just a really amazing friend. It might not be that you get a sale or a customer or a new team member. You might get something far better. You may learn something amazing from an incredibly clever individual. You may get connected with somebody who becomes that new customer or new team member. But when we go in with an expectation of this is what I want from you, I'm going to be a good friend so I can get Get that that's when it all falls to pieces sam that's total gold what you just shared people have to hear that again because gang the power it, it sounds very like humanist and self-fulfilling of this whole like oh when you let go of the result of kind of postmodern mm-hmm. spiritual self but but gang you have to hear that because what sam's saying is critical because when you let go of the result and they say and the universe will provide what it is to you when mm-hmm. i say well god will bring you blessings right in my world but what you would say is that you give God space to bless you mm. um, when you let go of the result. Because some of us think we want one thing and you'll be amazed. Like there could be a person you go after, you go, oh, they would be wonderful in my business. Mm. And they're passionate about the direct sales company they're already in. But yet you're a friend, you serve them, you do these good things. And they may send you a referral mm. for somebody else mm. that joins your team that isn't the right fit for their deal, that was the right fit for yours. They may send you an amazing gift. They may be a wonderful friend you can mastermind with. Like there's all these other fruits that may come. You know, it, what, I have to share the story. I, I I get to interview lots of just incredible direct selling executives. And we, we held a session last August um, on what it is to maintain long-term relationships with your top field leaders. And mm-hmm. I had the head of sales from Norwex on, head of sales from Shackley, had the founder of InCruises on. And Hutch shared his idea of how he likes to be a good friend to his highest mm-hmm. earners with us. And I was blown away by what he does. So I'm going to share Hutch's line. You can go watch the DSEF replay if you want to hear it from his mouth itself. But his line was so funny. He said, I find out who their celebrity crush is. Okay. This is what he likes to do. He figures out who his top earner celebrity crush is. I already like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is just fun. And then he goes to cameo.com. So www.cameo.com. If you don't know what cameo.com is, you pay like 500 bucks and then George Clooney will say happy birthday to Sam. Right? Oh my goodness. So, exactly. <laughs> so he gets these little videos from their celebrity crush and then happy birthday pops them to him, right? I loved that because Hutch took enough time to figure out like 
who is this person into? And then he went on Cameo with his own money and, and you know, got them a happy birthday video from their or happy wedding anniversary from George Clooney or whoever it was that they're into or Ariana Grande, whatever singer there, you know, they did his thing. And that's how he loves on people. So it's it's just, you know, you think in an Amazon world where everything's instant and doesn't take much thought to just yeah. pop into your world. How do you do something that's just that little extra special? Yeah, uh, it goes a long oh, way. Yep. I, love I love that. I love that out of box thinking. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. super clever. He, he, I'm going to check he, that out. He beat out all the other executives on the panel. It was it was they were all flabbergasted. Like, wow, our ideas are not as good as yeah. what I just said. Yeah, that was so good. Fantastic. So good. Yeah. Oh dear. Look, we have unpacked a lot of stuff today, Ben, and we have opened up a True. lot of cans. There's a lot of worms flopping yeah. around on the table here, but. I want to just uh, ask you, you know, from your personal perspective, you know, your personal insights, um, what do you see uh, the future of our industry looking like? I mean, it's come so far, it's changed so much. Uh, I really feel that we're in a fairly pivotal time right now. Um, yeah. I'd love to know where you think we're going. What's Where are we going to be at in the next 18 months, two years? What do you see? Well, you look at what people are hungry for. If you look at your parents' generation or some of you that are older on the line who lived through this, right? If you were at your like height of living in the 80s or the 90s, you remembered when the industry was about like getting things, even the 2000s, mm. right? You wanted to get the car, you wanted to yeah. get the house, you wanted to do these holiday. other things. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, the holiday, yeah. And today, people want to get experiences. Mm. And they want to they go to this trip, like your holiday as a note, they want to do that trip, they want to go eat at this restaurant, they want to go do this. Mm. And so- what I'm seeing today is because of technology and Zoom and tools and, and online replicated webinars and predictive mobile apps and all this tech that's in the space, a lot of the actual recruiting and the selling is happening in relationships through technology. We're not mm. getting together to actually do the sale at an office or in a home as much as we used to. Mm. Now, we still don't value that uh, 100% for longevity. You, you need real relationships. So I, I see the future of a lot of teams into doing event-based sprints. And so what I what I think will happen more and more and more, just because of tools like Airbnb and everything else, is people will go rent an amazing home for four days for a weekend that fits 20 people. And then they're gonna go to their team and say, hey gang, we're all doing this sprint. We're all doing this work for the next 30 days. And the top four couples that hit this are coming with me and my wife to the to the cool house. And we're gonna have a good time and we're gonna barbecue, and we're gonna mastermind, we're gonna plan out the next... 90 days of our team's business. Mm -hmm. You want to be the one that comes? That's what we're going to do. And so people are going to value experiences more. So there'll be more exclusive things like that. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of this in-person events will change into training, will mm -hmm. change into a time of a workshop, of really learning how to do the the, the work. So I, I think that, um, I mean, I remember when I was building, I was doing opportunity presentations six days a week. And, yeah. and we had a ton of success and we did them, but we only trained once a month. And we did opportunity presentations six days a week where today, if we had that same, um, if there was the same rotation of live events, I would think it would completely flip to less opportunity yeah. presentations, more training and more mm -hmm. celebrations because yeah. that's a lot of what people are valuing in the community is coming together and mm. enjoying each other's company and sharing ideas. And, and, and I'm seeing that more. Um, yeah. Also seeing um, because of just compliance rules all around the world, there's companies forever today, uh, companies are changing their teams forever. It used to be that they would depend on the field leaders to come up with the content to share, the field leaders to provide the systems to share, not any, not anymore. Um, the companies many, many times 
are realizing now they they have to be the one to provide the compliance selling system for people to follow. Yeah. And so so it's a so it's a relationship of top field leaders being on board. You're going to see more and more boards. There's a ton of field boards uh, coming out right now in different direct sales companies. So you're going to see people who are top performers getting to join the insiders field board and you get to give their feedback to corporate and help create compliance selling systems at work, but are but are endorsed by the company and and we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I look, I think it's going to be a really exciting time, Ben. There's, there's so much, uh, I can see so much shifting and changing. And, you know, that one thing that we spoke about before, the that biggest can of worms, the stigma uh, around this sure. industry, I can see a lot shifting with that too. So I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens in this space. Mm. Yeah, we're and we're seeing the these hybrid influencer social retail models right now that are just incredibly fun. Like we're seeing people who would never promote a direct sales company willing to promote a social retail company. Mm. And so we're seeing hybrid programs of people with a huge influence uh, yeah. following others. And, yeah. so, and at the end of the day, it's about you growing as a person and creating more value for others and authentically doing that. Yeah. And the more the more you do that, the more rewards you will receive when yeah. you let go of that result. And yeah. And the will show up. Yeah, so good. I think I think that's the big thing here, isn't it? Authenticity, relationship building, and and no hidden agenda. Take just get rid of that expectation. Oh, yeah. Now I've yeah, got to ask. So refreshing. Our, yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? I think for a lot of people, it'd be like, oh, that actually feels kind of better. Just the concept of that. It's like you know what? It's really easy. Just let go. <laughs> um, but let's let's ask the fun questions because I want to know. I'm really sure. curious. All right, number one is what is your favorite book to add to our accelerator book list, Ben? So my favorite book for business owners right now is Gina Wickman's uh, Traction with the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So if you're scaling your organization in a way at all where you have employees or roles or seats on mm -hmm. your team, check out Gina Wickman's Traction. And then if you're if you're not um, scaling with your own employees, but you're just building a team in traditional referral marketing, uh, a really powerful one that was just shared with me a CEO, I won't share which company he was with, but he just grew his company from zero to 70 million the first year, mm. uh, 180 the second year, and 270 million the third year. Wow, yeah. He, he referred me to retraining camp by John Gordon and loved the story of training camp uh, by John Gordon. If you haven't yet picked that up, it is such a powerful story. And uh, I would encourage you to check out training camp uh, by John Gordon. All right. I'm going to check uh, that one out. I love it. Awesome. And yeah. next question, if you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would it be and why? Man, we've had some fun answers to this uh, one. <laughs> so so what's what's great is I've always thought it would be cool to time travel. And it's such a dangerous one, right? It's like a dangerous superpower. I know. It's like the living day. on the edge one there. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's very scary. But I, I, I have those moments where I was always like, can I just go back 30 seconds? Like, I could make that so much better. <laughs> and so, can I, I really just take just that keep... back, what I just said right there? <laughs> yeah, can I keep thoughts in my head instead of out loud as I'm working through <laughs> oh, it? Oh, that's so, so funny. No. But I've always been fascinated with time travel. I just, the idea of dimensions and time travel, I think time travel would be the craziest gift. It would be dangerous. It's not an easy one, but what, what, but what would you always go back or are there times that you would definitely also go forward? Well, you would for recon, right? If you yeah. get bored of just going back, you'd want to go forward and then say, mm, okay, now I'm going to go back. Anyway. <laughs> well, this actually, uh, you know, the very last question, of course, relates to this a little bit as well. I'll let you do a bit of time travel in a moment. So 
next question is what's your favorite quote? Oh, so man, here's I have it on my desk. So my, nearly my, everyone uh, always. Well, oh, my mother's just my my mother gave this to me. She's just passed from cancer and is up in heaven. And this is a quote she shared with me years ago from Shakespeare, and it's mm. it's very freeing in our space. It says, "Love all, trust a few, and do wrong to none." Ooh. I keep this rock right love here, that. thinking about that. So you just say, "Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none." Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I love that. That's such a great one. And I think, you know, irrelevant of what your religious beliefs are, I think that's uh, that's powerful yeah. to everyone. Everyone yeah, should exactly. listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, exactly. time travel. Let's go back in time. If you could go back in time, Ben, and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? It's all seasons and is it really going to matter? Yeah. Oh, what was that? It's all seasons and is it really going to matter? all seasons and is it really going to matter? Ooh, you know, I, th- yeah. I think we all get tied up, whether it's in a high season or a low season, good or bad, whatever label mm. you put on it as you're yep. watching today. Whatever you're going through right now, you could be in a season of harvest or a season of planting, a good time, a bad time, struggling with a kid. It's that reminder that it's all seasons, right? Which means it's not going to be here forever. And and is this really going to matter? Like, are we fighting battles we don't need to fight where yeah. there's more important things we could do? Yeah, you know, I, I I tell young people many times. I, I I use a religious term. I say it's the lie of the devil. The biggest lie of the devil is that it will always be this way. Oh so yeah. In good times and in really bad times where people get desperate, it's because you're feeding yourself. Oh my gosh, it's always going to be this way. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So when so you, you kind of say, okay, wait, this is just a season. You'll be a better steward during the big times of your resources, and you'll be a better. You won't be as despot in your low times. Yeah. So. My mum used this one for me, actually, in a different context. When I first had kids, she said, just remember, it's all a season. (laughs) It'll change tomorrow, and then you'll want that season back. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So good. But look, Ben, this has been such a great chat. I know um, our listeners will have taken a ton of notes today. So, look, I really appreciate your time. I know it's late afternoon, possibly even evening for you right now. Uh, so thank you so much for being generous with your time and your knowledge today. We're going to put some information in the show notes. Do you want to um, let people know how they might be able to reach out to you or find out more about Ben Dixon and Naxum? Yep, they can contact our team at www.naxum.com. Or if you want to connect with me, I'm more of a LinkedIn person than anywhere else. So isn't that crazy? You change. Grew up as a Facebook guy, now I'm a LinkedIn guy. <laughs> so you can find me on LinkedIn and I'll I'll add that to the notes. Awesome. Thanks so much. We'll pop it all in the show notes, Ben. Look, really appreciate you appreciate your time. It's been great chatting today. Um, so thank you for joining us. You got it, Sam. My pleasure. And thanks as well, of course, to all of our beautiful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to get today. We really appreciate all of you and we look forward to having you tune into the podcast again next week. Don't forget to uh, subscribe on YouTube or make sure that you um, save us in whatever platform you're listening to us right now because I know that we've got people on um, all of the podcast channels. We've got YouTube, we've got social media, but uh, don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. We've got some amazing stuff in the pipeline for you. So thanks again to everybody. We look forward to seeing you all again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. If you love listening and you found that this was helpful for your direct selling business, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also check out the recommended video that's popped up on your screen right here. I look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.